The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This is The View from the Gladys Street, a podcast by the fans for the fans, as we go on the terraces to discuss all the big talking points at Everton Football Club. Hello and welcome to a very, very happy View from the Gladys Street podcast on the Royal Blue Acast and iTunes channel. This is the fan podcast and I'm your host, Ian Kroll. It smiles all around this afternoon and why not after a result and a performance like that against one of the so-called Big Six. My guests are all grinning from ear to ear and on the show today we have a first. My first two guests are brothers, Gary and Graham Callahan. Hello lads, how you doing? Sound mate, sound. Are we going to have some uh, family squabbles on the show or are we going to be all agreeable? We'll we'll try and uh, try and keep it friendly. That's I don't want I, I want I want family squabbles I want family squabbles. Anyway, my third and final guests no introduction guest sorry he needs no introduction it's regular Rob Astle you all right Rob afternoon mate um, been in, arguing with any of our podcast listeners lately no but I did prove the lad wrong no with, with <laughs> just a uh, just a story Rob was arguing with Twitter with one of our podcast listeners and right. he, he blocked them on Twitter so he's probably listening now. <laughs> Anyway, Rob, we'll start with you. Um, what a win on Sunday. Three wins. Well, West Ham, Chelsea, what like fantastic performances against the three. What did you make of uh, Sunday? Just like a continuation, wasn't it, of the, uh, of the West Ham game, really? You know, it was full of determination, pressing, aggression. Um, played together as a team. Again, we could have scored more if we had a, a clinical finisher. Um, but yeah... Really, really happy. Showing signs now of what we showed earlier on in the season and even a little bit better, to be honest with you. Um, we just got to keep it going now. We've got we've got a free run, really, to the end of the season. You know, try and pick up as many points as we can. We've got, got to play United and Tottenham as well. Two big teams again. So if we can, hopefully we can uh, get some big results there as well. But yeah, very impressed. Graham, you know... You've been on the podcast in the past and, you know, you've openly come out and said things haven't been good enough, which they haven't, we've all agreed with. But just just for starters, on Sunday, how impressed were you with that particular performance? Yeah, I can only echo Rob's sentiments, really. Uh, it, was a, it was a great performance. It was a thoroughly deserved victory. I think there's only one negative you could take. And as Rob mentioned, we probably should have scored a few more goals. But um, I, think, I think the pennies dropped with Silva. I think... Um, that the way we play has changed over the last few games. I think the play starts higher up the park. I think there's a lot more intensity about our play when we don't have the ball. Um, and, and it's, you know, we're, we're reaping the, the benefits of that. Um, West Ham and Arsenal were fantastic performances. Rolled our luck against Chelsea, but you've got to against the big boys, haven't you? Um, and we got the result there as well. So things are looking up. Um, you know, we, we've got to be optimistic, I think. But I've said this so many times this season. I said that after the Anfield derby, you know, I've said that a few times and it's all gone pear-shaped. So let's just hope we can uh, we can continue. It's just about keeping are. it going, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, proving you proving a point now until to the end of the season and then that'll breed confidence going into next season. And you know, hopefully you can keep it going. Gary, the, considering the lows that we've had and the bad performances that we've had this season, are you surprised in the upturn in fortune and the level of performances that we've had over the past couple of games? No, I wouldn't say I'm surprised because like we've said in the past that, you know, we've got good players and they just needed to sort of play to their strengths and, and obviously confidence has been low, but the, the results have sort of turned it around a bit. But I'm not surprised that we're, we're beating good teams and playing well because we've we've got good players and we've got a good team. So yeah. no, I wouldn't say I'm surprised by it, no. Is it is it fair to say then, Gary, that Silva's found his best eleven? Yeah, I think so. Well, I think... I don't think we've sort of changed the players. We've just we've changed the, the we haven't changed a lot about the way we play, but we've changed little things about the way we play. Like Graeme just said, we we play higher up the park now. We play with more intensity now, and the like we we've all said all along that the players need the time, and they've the, you know as the season gone, goes on, they've found like the partnerships are starting to gel, and and they're just they're just getting better as a team. I think like we've all I've I've knocked Silver in the past, and people have all said to me like like Rob said they need time, and, and they've had time now, and, and it's 
it's starting to to come together. But I think that's because he has tweaked a few things, like James just said. In terms of the the players that are coming, then well, the, the players that are coming, the, the the slight alterations that he's made, and what I mean by that is Dominic Carver Lewin stays up front, no no messing around. It's no swapping and changing for him and Tolson. Even Richarlison on the right now, has that been a big benefit to to what we've we've done over the past couple of games? Yeah, he's like we just touched on there. He's found what you could what you could call his best team, but at the same time, it's we're attacking and defending as a team at the minute. You know, you've got Bernard and Richardson tracking back. They're not leaving Coleman and Dean isolated. You know, and going forward, they've got the same support and the midfield knows the job now. Is this a gay? I, I don't know what it is with this a gay ever since like, but ever since this proposed move to Paris Saint-Germain, he's all of a sudden learned how to pass forward. I'm run with the ball. I'm run with the ball as well, you know, <laughs> and, 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 that, and, that's, and that's key. And then you've got Gomez, who does what he does in the middle of the park. And... Yeah, it's just everything's just clicked into place and just keep it going. Yeah. It, it took us 18 months to beat at, um, a top six side since Koeman left and then we beat Chelsea. Now it's taken, we've, well, we've beat two sides, two top team sides in three weeks. Has there not been signs over the season despite the, the lows and the disappointments as, as mentioned that that's been been a threatening? We've been threatening that over over the season. You know, the season, it hasn't been a total disaster. It hasn't been a total write-off. But, you know, I, you, you just ask Gary if, he, if he's surprised whether, you know, the results of turn around and were starting to beat these sides. And I don't think I'd be a liar if I sat here and said that I wasn't surprised. And, I, you know, I've been critical of Marco Silva on the podcast the previous times that I've been on it. I am surprised um, because it's almost like he's he's dropped this, you know, let's play off from the back, let's, let's, let's dominate the ball. And... We we we've we, we play a different type of football now, which is what I wanted them to do in the first place. But the fact that he's actually done that, it has surprised mm. me because I didn't think I didn't think he was adaptable. I didn't think he was that flexible, and I thought it was going to be his way or the highway. Um, but I think that there was there was there was signs that we had good players. There was signs that there was a you know the the <clears throat> the blueprint of a good football team there. I just think. They were being used wrong, mm. um, so it it probably was coming. It just had to you, you just had to put all the right pieces in properly. Like as I say, play, the play starts higher up the park now. There's more intensity. You know how many times did we hit that diagonal ball yesterday over the top? And Calvert Lewin put the proverbial up there two centre half, didn't he? Because some of his leaps for the yeah, ball were they, they couldn't handle him. They couldn't handle him. You know, I've heard a lot of neutrals say recently that. Everton, Everton fans like their teams to play that way. And I don't think it's about Everton fans liking the team to play that way. Because if we could play Barcelona-style football and win every week, then obviously we'd all want to watch that. I just think Everton fans know that at the moment, those are our strengths. Do you know what I mean? If we have to if we have to, you know, play off second balls for a, for a little bit against the top sides, and that's going to, you know, reap, reap the rewards. If Richarlison can play off the second ball, Sig- Sigurdsson can pick it up outside the penalty area where he's most dangerous facing the play. Then that's how we'll win games. Um, so but, I think, you know, we're capable of beating these sides. I think now just Silver's got an idea of how to use the players the best way. Do you know what I mean? What about the high press as well? That seems to have yeah, like, there's, there's that was non-existent, there, wasn't it? But I think you're asking a lot of someone like Idris Aguilar. You know, we were just saying that about him passing the ball forward. If if the play starts in the opposition's half. He's got a lot more options. Asking him to take it off the goalkeeper to turn yeah. in his own half yeah. and look for options. That's not a Drisagana's gay, gay's game, yeah. is it? That's not what he's about. So, you know, we were talking about practicing it and training and, and, and pressing as a unit. It's a lot easier when you just, everyone else is doing it. Yeah, and, and so there was times there when we went to Arsenal, go ahead, have the ball. And when we take it off, that's when we let yeah. And we were confident in that. We pressed as a unit. They didn't really worry us, did they? I think um, Mkhitaryan had a shot that just went around yeah. the corner of the post. Other than that, there was no you know great panic. Um, it I wasn't think, one of them games where we had four chances. They had four chances. No, no, we were comfortable, weren't we? Yeah. Um, Even in injury time, you know, five minutes injury time, you think one 0 It's going to be back to the wall. It was comfortable. Mm. Yeah, it, well, we, it was we still could dodgy. Have more in injury time than in the actual game itself. Yeah. We, mm. we we were really on top, and it's it's been a while since I've seen Everton finish that strong as well. Yeah, we weren't tired, and we were still like we we were still camped in there half, even though we were winning one nil. Do you know what I mean? Um, the counter attack that yeah. we had the outlet of a ball obviously mm. we brought Walcott on as well mm. with a bit of pace that yeah. seems to help a lot how frightening is that bringing Walcott on with 20 minutes to go they can't they, they're holding midfield they can't 
push up, they can't use that extra man to to to, to go and chase that goal because if Walcott gets in behind you, you ain't catching him. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And it's nice that we were saying about it the other week, weren't we, about making that like like substitution and, and keeping the pressure on the opposition. Don't bring a defender on. Yeah, Don't try and protect yeah. the lead. You know, try and try and take take the game to them. Attack's the best form of defence. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And he's he's doing that now. He's he's doing a lot of the things that I wanted them to do, which is promising. Um so yeah, long may it continue. Just Gary outside the of um of our the, the Everton bubble and probably looking more at like the national media and broadcast media don't seem to be getting the credit that we deserve, especially over the past couple of weeks. If you look back at like the Chelsea game, the West Ham game and now the Arsenal game, it's like, well, those three teams didn't perform to the best of their ability. Well, we're Everton just not good, that good to beat the team good enough. I, I think we were, and but I've been on the podcast and we spoke about that, about that before. We don't get any credit, but like, we're all happy sitting here watching us play the way we are. I, I'm not really bothered whether people think we played well or not, because I know we played well. Do you know what I mean? Um, when do you think it'll come then? When when do you think will like the credit will come? I think we'll, we'd have to do something like really special when we like break into the top four or I don't know top six, yeah, down, yeah, or like win 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 a trophy or whatever before anyone's going to give us any real credit because everyone just seems to like knock us down when when we play like we play well they, they give credit or they knock the other, say the other team didn't play very well so I think we'd have to do something really special for them to go well actually yeah they deserve that absolutely um, Rob Keane was out in the warm up. I don't know what was wrong with him, actually. Was he sick? sick? Hill, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah. yeah. Well, he was named in the team, though, wasn't he? Mm. So, Phil Jagielka uh, named in the team and then went and gone and scored the winner. So, just a quick word then on Phil Jagielka. He's only had about four appearances this season. Um, he's got to clean sheet in every one of them as well. So, does that mean he deserves or warrants a new uh, contract next season or is it time for him? Is this a good time to say, thanks, Jags? And you know what, I if you'd have said to, if you'd asked me that question two weeks ago, I'd have said no, purely because you've got Keen, Zuma, and Mina. You're probably, you know, by the sounds of it, we're going to try and make Zuma permanent. And then you've also got Mason Holgate coming back, haven't you? But Mina uh, just seems to be injured all the time now. Mm-hmm. You know, it's getting a bit worrying on him. And talking on, on the way home from the match yesterday, and, and you know, Jagiel has been put in there with, what, 10 minutes to go? You know, he's got to get himself ready, he's got to get himself warmed up, and he's he's come on and he's kept Lacazette quiet and then he's kept uh, Aubameyang quiet now he's 36 37 against these two young great strikers he's still he's still a good defender so I've got no issues in giving him like an extra one year deal but if we've got centre halves who are going to be well well ahead of him it could be a chance to cut the wage bill and get bring you know strength in somewhere else that we you know that that we actually need I mean would he go to another Premier League team do you think or is it more championship he's probably more championship now Jack Yelka or, or maybe even after yesterday's performance or, or maybe a promoted side yeah a promoted well, side well I was reading an interview with Kurt Zuma today and he said he's learned so much from Jack Yelka in training so yeah. just having him around probably because like does he not get the credit then that he deserves no I, I think behind the scenes I think he, he does more than obviously he's not going to play very often anymore but like like Rob just said he came in yesterday with like 10 minutes notice and you know he's, he's the ultimate professional and he's, he's played for us for like 10 years I, I think like if obviously if we, if we don't get Zuma because of which Chelsea transfer ban I, I would give him another contract I think he's more than capable it's not, it's not I'm not getting the credit he deserves but he's 37 or he, or he will be 37 Marcel Brands has come in and said that the blueprint is now players 25, 26 or under and I'm not saying you don't need old heads, but how long do we keep giving the likes of these, you know, these little one-year deals? When does when does it stop? Does he jump at the chance? Obviously, personal question to him, but do you think he'd jump at the chance for another contract at Everton? Yeah, I think he would, yeah. I think he knows he's a bit part now. You know, he knows he's only going to play like a select amount of games and things throughout the end of this, throughout the season. But it all depends on what the centre-half situation is going to be come the summer. You could argue, you could argue that he does warrant another one-year deal for his service, etc. But at the same time, as a club, we've got to move on. And it's not going to be one of them, you're not, uh, probably jinxed this now, but you're not going to be like, oh, we've just left Phil, Phil Jagielka go higher. You'd, mm. you'd be like that if it was one of your better, you know, one of your better players, one of your top, top players. You'd be, but, I feel like I'm doing him a disservice here and I'm trying, really trying not to, but I just think, as a club, when do you start moving forward? Okay, well, and it great. just depends on the it just depends on the centre half situation come the summer, really. Okay, so the situation is then so if we can't 
Graham, if we can't um, sign Zuma permanently, that leaves us with Mina, who seems to be injury prone. It leaves us with Michael Keane, who's been very consistent this season. And it also leaves us with Mason Holgate. Three defenders. Um, do we sign? Do we sign Jags then? Or because there's other places across that team that I need addressing more. You would have said, but then it does. The defense then becomes an issue, doesn't it? If mm, we're I, losing Zuma, I think personally, I think Jagiel has been seated quite harshly. I've mentioned you've it mentioned before. that. Yeah, yeah. I think Leighton Baines has too. Myself, um, I think a lot will hinge on. And this is crazy me saying this, but if we finish seventh and and qualify for the Europa League, potentially you need a squad, but, don't you? Yeah, I, I personally, I don't think that's going to happen. But you never know. I think that would make a big difference to to the plans. Um, I have had I'd have no qualms in offering Jagielka another one year deal. Um, I think you need that experience there. He's the club captain. You know, there's still a lot of young lads about the club, and you know he's someone who can keep the feet on the ground. He's someone who can pass knowledge and advice on. And we saw yesterday that he's still capable if if he's called upon. And um, there's been times this season where you know I, I'd have thrown him in because he's he's ever reliable. You know. He, he could have showed us up at times this season I feel you know what I mean you know when you yeah. need we spoke about the leader and the lack of a captain and stuff he's, there's your man there and I'd, there's been times this season when he hasn't been used where I'm not manager of Everton Football Club but I'd have utilised the man and I'd, I'd have put him in there I'd offer him a new deal um, especially if we if Europa touch would we get in the Europa League I'd have no issue at all throwing it out there then does do you think the club would have offered it by now I mean, we're coming into the last day that we're well into the last day. There's what five games left. Do you think the club would have offered that by the, now? The club don't know whether they've qualified for Europe or not yet, do they? Do you think that's what it's all going to hinge on? Potentially, think, yeah. potentially. Same um, with Baines as well. Then, do you think? Potentially. See, I give, I give Bain, I, Baines the one-year deal automatically because he's the perfect understudy for for Dean. Because I don't think there's anyone else at the club. But I think with Jagielka, it's a bit of a different situation because there's four or five, potentially four or five bodies ahead of him. I mean, and I'm just and I'm just thinking long term if we can free up 70, 80 grand a week worth of wages for someone else to come in that's where you've got but to... there's a scenario as, as Ian's just mentioned where there isn't four or five people ahead of him isn't there if Zuma goes yeah, back yeah, yeah. Is, you know I like I really like Mason Holgate personally but you know it remains to be seen whether he's a consistent Premier League performer and he's going to you know do a job um, at the highest level I, I do think he's got the potential to do that but again there's a question mark there so I'd offer, I would offer Phil Jagielka a new contract, definitely. I mean, there's no guarantees, is there, Gary, that Baines and Jagielka will say yes to these deals because it's quite clear that they're not first-team regulars. So if they say, you know, bit par roles, albeit if we do get your upper league, there's going to be more chance of playing on cup football. No, I, I think that, like we've said, I think if they could go to teams, maybe even lower down the league or, or in a lower league and get more football, I think they would they would probably rather do that. Jagielka did mention in his interview after the game, didn't he, that he, he's happy to stay. Yeah. He did say, you know, I, I, however long I'm going to be here for. It's a good point to like, you know, we've got five games left. Would would they offer them, have offered them a new contract by now if they were going to offer them one? I, I, I think the reason Jags will go if he goes is because... He's he's the last of the old guard, isn't he? And he's he's you know, he knows the club inside out. He is he's 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 Mr. Everton, isn't he? Him and Leighton Baines. They, yeah. they were there for Moyes, uh Allardyce Coombe, they've been there for donkeys and they're gonna hold sway, aren't they, around the football club and, and in the dressing room. And it the, the it's it's not it's there's no question that Silva's come in and he wants to put his stamp on the football club, which is right. Yeah. And I think Baines and Jagelka have paid the price for that, to be honest with you. Um so I think that's why they'll go because because Silver Silver and Brands they they want it and need it to be, if you like, their dressing room, their football yeah. club and, and they they're they're the the men, the yeah. bosses aren't they, do you know what I mean? Um But Jags came straight back in the team and he was given the captain's exactly. arm straight away. I don't, he'd stay for me I, I, he's a consummate professional I don't think I mean I don't know how it works inside the football club I'm never in the dressing room I'm not there but for me I, I I wouldn't have thought that's an issue but that would be for me why Silver would want to get rid of those two you know those two players because they're the last of the the, the old guard um, and I think you know Silver wants to put his own stamp on the club and be you know the, the, the authority figure there if you like Okay, interesting little segments on Phil Jagielka there. Um, just moving back to overall picture then. Rob, th- this is one thing that annoys me with Everton. When the pressure's not on, you we play, play well. very well. Yeah. So, you know, you look back at the games this season and we've had, well, high-pressure games, Millwall, just to use an example, and we've, you know, we've lost. Um, 
ever since really we've you know managed to say stay out of the relegation dogfight and get a couple of points we just seem to be playing with that freedom you know it's it's highly unlikely that we were going to get Europa League a couple of weeks ago and now after a couple of wins it's like well it's it's actually realistic like what's the answer for Everton because it's not just silver it's been a reoccurring theme for for, for years for years under Moyes mm. but probably before so what's the, what's what's the issue and what can we do to win games when we need to win games I think I mean that's Marco's problem to address here, isn't it? You know he's fa- he's got to succeed with every Everton manager. The, the last few managers have failed. You know we, we always seem to, as you said, pick it up when when the pressure's off. But it's it's having winners in the team, isn't it? You know I think I think our team's been weak mentally for a good few years now. I know, but we've had it's, the likes of Wayne Rooney in the team who's won and we, he was a leader and he was the heart but of... But we had Wayne Rooney at the end of his career. I know, but, to be fair, he was not, the, but he's, you're saying a winner and a leader. We've had Samueletto in the team. But again, if you, but if you look at the... If you look at... Look at the opportunities that Eto had. Do you know what I mean? I, 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 I'm not trying to like, like pull one I over on you. I just think I it's, don't it's, think, it's I don't think I don't think we've got someone on that pitch... I mean, it's funny, we've just talked about Jack Elko being a great captain. Jack Elko was a great captain, but I don't think Everton have had a player on that pitch who can win a game by themselves. Or when 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 you're playing the likes of Millwall and you're back, you know, it's a bit it's a bit rough and a bit there's no one there. There was no one there in that team getting them all together and pushing them forward. I do think that's what we've lacked on. Almost like a like a Fernandinho at City. You know, someone who just leads that team, like Gerard, like almost like a Gerard at Liverpool who just leads that team. We've always missed that. Mm-hmm. And I think the players otherwise are relatively, you know, weak-minded in, in some respects. But like, I think if you, if you look that? at Fernandinho, Steven Gerrard, they're world-class players. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, I'm not just doing that. I think, yeah. like, and un- under Moyes, like, and, and maybe even previous, like, this probably on paper is probably the best Everton team we've had for a, for a while. Mm-hmm. But I think the reason we, we don't, cross that final hurdle and, and win things is because we haven't been good enough really I think we've had good teams but when you come up against Chelsea's and, and Manchester City's and they're just better than us I think mm. but if you get but if you get yourself a player like that though and I'm not saying you've got to keep hold of them or you know obviously you might move on and stuff like that but if you keep hold of them for like a certain amount of time you might be able to make that push yeah. on do you know no, what no, I mean no 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 I'm not, I'm not saying that what you're saying is wrong I'm just saying like we, we haven't had like we haven't been able to go and buy a, a world class central midfielder, do you know mm. what I mean? Or two or three like world class players in the past. And I think the players we've had have been good players like Michael Arteta, Stephen Pina and what they've been good players, but they're not world class. They're not they're not gonna like you, you don't, don't turn it on in You don't in, need world class players to beat Millwall though, do you? No, this season this season that that, that was a mental I, thing, I think, but I think like, in the past. Ian's mentioned pressure situations and, and you know, Everton not coming to the fore when they're under pressure or when there's something on it. Everton were down for me until Sam Allardyce came in. Mm-hmm. Everton players were under pressure mm-hmm. and they performed and they finished eighth that season, didn't they? Okay. I think he's pointing, you've, you know what I'm going to say now, all of you know what I'm going to say. You're pointing a finger at the players. For me, this season, it's not been the players. It's been the manager. And I think a lot has changed with regards to how Everton play football and how Everton approach a game over the last few weeks. Please, Tell me if you disagree, but I, I don't, the pressure's off, don't get me wrong, the pressure is off now because we've got more points than I thought we were going to get this season and relegation's not really something that we need to worry about, you know, you could argue West Ham had the flip-flops on there, not going to go down, you know, I think we rolled our luck a little bit against Chelsea and I don't want to start spouting a load of negativity, but... Yeah. No, it's, it's not negative. I'm pointing my finger I mean, at Marco the, Silva the, 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 question, so the question that I asked was because Although it's great, the results that we've had, it, it, we need to it do doesn't it mean anything no, really, does it? Doing it matters. Like, okay, it was almost like three weeks ago, or let's say up until the Cardiff game where before we, we beat them 3-0, like the pressure was on in terms of just getting dragged into the, the dogfight. Mm-hmm. Now we've managed to pick up quite a lot of points, probably more than we expected. And now it's like, well, the pressure is off. You can see the players mm-hmm. are playing with more freedom. Yeah, we're sort of making up for points we've lost against teams we shouldn't have lost against. Basically, yeah. against. And, and that's not the way it should be. I did say, I did say before I did go, I did say it's up to Marco Silva to, and I do, I do agree with you, but I don't think it's the only, the only factor because it's not just been Marco Silva's 
It's been a reoccurring re- theme it. for me. It was Moise's problem. It was Martinez's problem. It was, you know, we were 2-1 we were up against Dynamo Kiev against Martinez and we ended up getting beat 5-2. Do you know what I mean? It, it's just, it's mad. It's just... There's, but do you think that was a mindset thing or do you think that was more of a tactical thing? Do you think... I, I think... I, 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 I think would, it's a combination of things. I couldn't bring it's, Moise yeah. into the equation because he never had the players or the money that either any manager following has had. I don't... I think yeah, David Moyes finished fourth with Marcus Ben playing in front. He got the most out yeah. of those players. And I think if you're going to talk about the team spirit and a mindset and an attitude, it's his biggest asset. David Moyes will get a team to play together as a unit. Tim Cale, Phil Neville, ask those players, Everton, Everton dressing room, they die for each other. But there was times under Moyes when we could... when we could have won a trophy... But I think we, that was where, we, like Gary said, where we just lacked that little bit of quality. I think now we have the players there capable of winning a trophy, capable of, as we've seen in a one-off game, beating the top, top sides. I think it's more to do with how how Silva goes about those games and goes about using those players and goes about, you know, training with them and, and getting that, that atmosphere within the dressing room. And I know he's not had an awful long time to do it, but I... I've said all season the players are good enough. I, I'm I'm going to point the finger at Marco Silva. Does the pressure come from the fans as well? Then definitely, yeah, one hundred percent. I think Goodison, even though I'm never told him, can probably be a horrible place to play when the fans are. It's been that. better, hasn't it? Like there's oh, been yeah. a concerted effort from every single fan going to Goodison Park to be more. You know, you've got the um, the Twitter group doing the flags and stuff like mm. that. We've had the the siren ringing out before Z cars. Mm-hmm. Um, that is obviously boosted the atmosphere and helped with the positivity and stuff like that. It's a mix of, with Everton fans, it's a mix of, it's like that desperation, isn't it, for, for success. So the slightest, like, bit against it, the crowd starts getting energy and that, and that does feed onto the players. That yeah, does it's feed, also like, it, oh, you're going to blow it again. You're yeah. going to blow it again. It's like against against Chelsea in that first half, you know, let's make no mistake about it, we were very, very poor. Mm-hmm. And you could kind of feel it in towards the end of the half in the fans they were, they, were, they were starting to be groans and stuff like that and then all of a sudden we come out and come out the blocks and we were all firing and it got it got the crowd back up again it's just it's a circle it's a circular thing and it? it's a it's a it's a it's a it's an ongoing thing if, if the fans are up for it the players tend to be up for it they get the result it be it all breeds confidence but the slightest thing what goes against you the Everton fans are the are, are kings of it that when it's going against you we'll turn on you mm. we'll turn on you quickly I just, I just want obviously, obviously the biggest disappointment is going out of both cups, and it's great that the run that we're on. It's just we finished seventh, qualify for the Europa League, then fantastic. But I would rather probably finish twelfth and win the FA yeah. Cup and qualify we, for the Europa League. We had a conversation a couple of podcasts ago, and it was player play ratings, and we we rated Marco Silva at the at the end, and I said six because you know the two black marks against them for me, are the two cup compositions. You know we should have we should have put Southampton to the sword, and obviously we should have beat Millwall comfortably. And it is up to him to, to find to find a solution. And if this team plays like this, like it has been, there's no stopping them. But it's maintaining it, and I, and that's why I do think if you get that player in the team who can who who, who just leads them out and can, you know, is is it just me who thinks there's been a discernible change in tactics and the way yeah. Everton play? That were you saying that you're saying there? We were, I think what you were trying to get at before you saying we were more direct yesterday. I, I mean, being in the ground, we played out a lot from the back, you know. We, we, we both split the centre halves, and they had the midfielder coming. Um, the well, midfielder how many times did for the ball. a full back I mean, pick up that one? I think I play think that play a diagonal ball or put it down the like channel. Seventeen headers yesterday, though, so that obviously shows Aerial that Jules. we're playing like we're, we're playing over play, the top of it. For more me, I think it'd be interesting. What I think it is, it's it, 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 where the change is. It's winning that second ball. But and I don't then, think the, then, we. I don't think there was an opportunity to win a second ball months and months ago because they were too far. Play play we broke down. Yeah, play broke down too soon. Do you know what I mean? Like, and then we get we get it on the counter attack. He uses a phrase I said it a few weeks ago. He used to talk about dominating the ball, having the ball. If you're not going to use it properly, or, or you're just going to keep hold of it for for the sake of it, it's pointless. It, we we the play starts higher up the pitch now. The play starts in 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 the opposition's half because the because we go more longer, we go direct. You know, people are going to carry the ball for us, and then we we can 
we've got we've got players in and around the box. Then you'll hear teams, but we're not we're not going from centre half to full back to gay to centre half to full back to maybe Walcott with his back to goal who come back to his full back. There's none of that anymore. If 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 there's no pass on, Pickford lumps it, and then we play off the second ball as you've said. If if Dinya's got no pass on, he'll go for that diagonal cross field ball, and then we'll play off the second ball when we have to. And See, I don't I'd... think that was something that we wanted to do in previous games. Is that See, not I a change? That, I, sorry, I don't Go think on. it's. I don't think it's like. I think. I think genuinely, it's it's down to it's winning that second ball and it's a ten of possession. I understand what you're saying. We are. I did notice yesterday there were a few direct balls where it was like, all right, it's going over the top here. But, but it, was, you, it was it was it was it was atta- it was attacking as a team. They were winning. They were winning the ball back, and they were winning it back and like they were hunting packs. Yeah, but were, that's because we we were the onus was on Arsenal to keep hold of the ball. When when Pickford lumped it and Calvert Lewin won or lost his aerial battle, someone was there to pick up that second ball. Whereas months ago, we never would have we never would have had the ball that high up the pitch because we'd have been messing around with it on the halfway line in our own half, trying to get it forward with this inane, impotent, slow football. Teams teams just sat there and went, what, what, we'll take that off you in a minute because it never went anywhere. Whereas now if there's no pass on, be direct, go forward and then play off that second ball. You know what I mean? It as doesn't look great. It's not the best football in the world, but it's more effective with the players. Has the change in personnel though not helped with that? Probably, yeah. I think... Um, Richarlison and Coleman are working better than a Bernard and Coleman combination. I think um, Bernard playing Bernard in, in his Coleman. natural position yeah. on the left is as helped him a lot. He, I think, he's coming to I the think fore bo- now. I think both fullbacks now have got wingers they trust. We were yeah. talking about this yesterday. They've got wingers they trust. Both wing- the amount of times Bernard especially tracked back yesterday, won the ball yeah. and carried it forward and switched the play over to the right-hand yeah. side. And, and we have it, played it good just- football. We, do, we play lovely football at times. Yesterday, it was, some of it was breathtaking, but it was in the right areas as well. We don't have to make 57 passes to get the ball to the edge of their penalty area. Get the ball there by any means necessary and then you can start trying to pick passes and pick holes and then, you know, if the play breaks down, sometimes when we say direct, everyone just assumes it's a long Long ball. I think we're getting the ball forward quicker. We're being more direct in that way. It's getting to Sigurdsson quicker than it's getting to Richarlison and Bernard. People people think the word direct. You think people think that's a derogatory term yeah. in football, yeah. don't they? But no. it's not always like that. No, yeah. not at it's all. not going to gay. And it's to, about playing to, football to in the right areas. To, yeah. to yeah. Coleman back to gay, back to mm. Dean. It's not we're not doing that anymore. And that's what we mean when we say direct. And we've also got, you know, a quick, fantastic counter attack as well. Yeah. yeah. Which yeah. is, you know, obviously we probably should have scored two or three goals just mm. from a counter attack yesterday, mm. especially when Walcott came on. I've been critical of him this season, but I must say all credit to Marco Silva because the, this game plan now Although I, I think it's vastly different to game plan of old that I've seen. It is game plan in it. And to to give a team like Arsenal the ball and say, we know what we're doing here, lads. You know, they're not going to break us down. We'll win it back and go from there. To have that confidence in each other as a unit, as a team, to be able to, to, to give it a good football inside the ball but be that confident that everyone knows their jobs. You're not going to concede. You're not going to make mistakes. And then, and then counter on that when you can. That's, that's credit to Marco Silva because they've worked on that in training, haven't they, obviously? It was quite telling in the second half yesterday when they brought, they brought uh, Aubameyang on for a centre-half and brought Aaron Ramsey on. And we just give Aaron Ramsey the boss and do what you want with it, mate. We know, you know, they had a the full change in tactics as well. And they still didn't get a sniff. Mm. You know, like I said, we attacked and defended as a team and it was great to see. We were hunting in packs. The press, on, the press was, was there for 95 minutes. Well, just and speaking was, on the press, like... Everyone's got to be on it, haven't they? Mm. Everyone's Everyone. got to be on yeah. to, and again, to, to do that. The right areas as well. You haven't got Calvert Lewin chasing the centre half on the eighteen yard line on his own. The press starts, you know, as as they start moving up the pitch, full back start moving up the pitch, midway in their half, the press starts, doesn't it? And everyone went with it. It wasn't just one player running round chasing the ball down yeah, a channel just, while everyone else is in our half. Getting knackered from yeah, it. Exactly. Do you mean Gary, do you agree with that? Is it can you pinpoint the change in tactics or just think it's a, a culmination of, you know, new personnel, you know, everyone putting even more effort into yeah, it? Yeah, I think like the, the change, like I know I said before, there wasn't that much of change in personnel, but you know, I think swapping the wingers always worked. Yeah. And I think, I think this is just, we're seeing Everton play now the way we thought he'd play from the start of the mm-hmm. season. Yeah. This mm-hmm. this is what we thought Marco Silva would bring to the club. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. I think, yeah, I think he's, he's just sort of like, like Graham said at the beginning, he, he's sort of just, like realised that you know the players we've got can play in a certain way and they're good at doing a certain thing so let them do it I, like I know you said at the beginning about Gay um, picking the ball up and passing for more and I think 
watching him yesterday, he, he just he he played it simple for me because he, he won the ball and he gave it to Gomez, or yeah. he won the ball and he gave it to Sigurdsson, and and that's what he's good at. And for me, that's a big thing. I know Marco Silva said the other day he thinks it's the best season he's ever ever had at Everton. I know he hasn't been here to see us other seasons, and it's quite a big statement to make. But I think putting the players in the right positions and and telling them to do what they're good at is is, is it's, it's a good start. You know what I mean? Okay, question for you then. I love these crazy scenarios that might not happen. They might not happen. <laughs> Um, obviously Gomez is on loan isn't he Guy could yeah. potentially be off to PSG would you sell Guy now for 30 to 35 million to fund the Gomez deal or would you would you keep Guy and not buy Gomez oh, um, to be to be honest I know a lot of people might disagree with me and especially after what I've just said about Guy probably having his best season I, I want Gomez yeah. I think we'll miss Gomez so much he was a mensch yesterday and I've said at the, the start of the season um, I think it was after the Man United away game that he's just quality I think we need to sign him yeah. I would rather lose Guy and keep Gomez and I know these two probably won't agree with that Please Go don't on, ask me that question <laughs> I'm, with, I'm with Gary on that I'd keep Gomez and the happy Do we not need Obviously, it'd be I great think, to keep both, wouldn't it? But you know, I think he's 29, 13 of Gomez is what 25. I think he's got so many good years ahead of him. And I think, like, guy as good as what he as he is, I think we could replace someone like that. I don't think you can just go yeah. out and buy another Andre Gomez. Yeah, I, you know, I was just that's the point I was just going to pick up on. It's no disrespect to the job that a does, but it, you can find a, a, a player who can tackle, do you know what I mean? But to find a player with the vision of Andre Gomez is. Is you know it took us a while to replace Arteta. Yeah, you know what I mean. And and it, it's having that player in your team who who can who can just spray the ball around and 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 say what Gomez is good in the tackle himself. Yeah, he's he's strong, strong, he, he knows strong, how to win the ball. He, you know it, it's you know so and I think there's well I think the writing's on the wall for for Everton and this guy. I think yeah, he's he gonna, said he wants to. I go think he's going to go anywhere. And I don't. And, and I don't he's gone up a level. I think. Since. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, but but you know what? Though fair play to him. You look at when we played West Ham last week. You had Dan Altovich. He wanted the move. He he was sulking, mm. telling the crowd to to shut up. And then you've got a this guy who's playing out of his skin. So you know, it's a credit to him. And I've got no. I'll be gutted to see him go. But I think, you know, we we can go and buy someone who mm. can replace him. But Andre Gomez, he's up. We've got to make it. We've got to make him number one priority. I am going to ask you, Graham, but I agree with that totally. I just think what you've just said there, you know, tacklers, you know, you can get a good tackler for, you know, decent money. And the fact that this is probably the perfect opportunity to get Gomez, you're probably going to get him for not cheap, but, you know, a decent, decent price, yeah. aren't you? Go on, Graham, tell me. No, I think I have to agree. Um, old mid, <laughs> old midfield players, Gay's an outstanding older midfield player. You know, he's a fantastic destroyer, but you can pick them up, can't you? Yeah. They're not, you know, someone who can create, someone who, I think we lost out with Manny Fernandez, didn't we? Yeah. It would be an awful shame to, to lose out on Gomez. Um, ideal scenario, you'd keep both of them, wouldn't yeah, you? Absolutely. But I, I mean, you know. the way he's playing at the minute, guy, if PSG, the way they can see goals mm. as proved to the United game. The good thing is though, the way he's playing, we can ask for a bit more money. Now well, that's what I mean, there's going to be a premium, a higher premium on him. I, I think as well, it, it, the ideal situation would be is, we've been schnadling or McCarthy off and then use the funds to, mm. to keep Gomez and then you can you, you can kind of mm. you're not able to ransom then on a, on a Jessica guy are you you know you can take your time find the replacement and then sell them yeah I heard PSG want to call it anyway so they can have him and we'll keep guy I mean there was talk about um, you know other teams other than PSG maybe going in yeah. for him so you know I mean the thing is he's only just signed a new new deal so mm. it's not as if we have to sell it, do yeah. we um, so Right, we'll we'll finish off we'll finish off soon, but a couple more questions to uh, before we do. The view from the Gladys Street podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The view from the Gladys Street podcast. We've got close to European football now, and there's always a debate: should we be in Europe? Should are we better off in Europe or better off in Europe? What's what's your thoughts? The fact that it's realistic now that we can actually finish seventh. Yeah. I, I, I never understand why people. What's the point? I know what you mean. Get in yeah. it. Yeah, get in get it. Get in it and go and win it. Well, you got what you got to realize as well. It's it's a, it's a route to a Champions League yeah, place. I don't. I mean, I'm, the odds on you trying to win it are slim. What you play for? You play football to to be successful and to to to, to finish as high up the league as yeah. you can, and that reward is to be in the Europa League, isn't it? So no, qualify for it and go and try and win it. I don't see why anybody would ever think any differently. I understand they say you need a bigger squad. You know, season starts earlier, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. 
it, it, the footballers they play football going going and it's down to preparation as well yeah and I think we, the last time we were there I don't think the preparation was there no you know we really mismanaged that time and you'd, you'd like to think under this regime they'd, they'd plan it better yeah but yeah in it 100% are you in, up for a European away day Gary or what I don't know. I, I, oh, wow. I tend to disagree with them. I think, <laughs> like, I, I don't know. I just the last. I know the last couple of times we've been there, it's just it's just been a nightmare, hasn't it? And yeah. I think he's been under enough pressure this season. And if it all goes wrong again next season, we're, we're right back to square one. But in saying that, you know, we've hopefully we'll spend some money in the summer, get a good squad together, and if we do get in, take it seriously, like Graham just said, to try and win it. Um, I, th- I don't. I don't think we we will. And I, I say at this. If we say if we were going for the Champions League or if we were going to try and win the league, I'd say maybe being in Europe is probably not a good thing. But I think we're more than capable of getting back into the Europa League or finishing in the top six and playing in the Europa League. So yeah, the right, I think, yeah. you know, that's that's the point of playing, isn't it? I suppose is, is finishing as high as you can and, and getting into. Everyone says let's get into Europe. So yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, let's get into Europe. If um, if we did get into Europe, then obviously. There's talk of reducing the squad due to the wage bill and bring just bringing numbers down. Is there anyone who is probably on the out on the out really who's going to go out, especially those on loan, who you would think that you would you would keep to you know to to make right, as a player for a, the Europa yeah, League squad? There's a there's a few of them, but well, I, there's a few of them that people will disagree with me on. I, a lot of them there have not had a chance under my house over, and I think they all deserve a chance. I think Blasic deserves a chance. I think. Yannick Balassi when he said in January I want to play for Everton I want to play in the Premier League I want to prove myself I want to come back I want to train hard and I want to get in that side and he got shipped out on loan to Anderlecht I'd, I'd give him a chance there's, there's a few of them there who I'd give chances to I know it's dead wood they're on too much money this that and the other they've not had a chance under Marco Silva and I think he owes them that chance because who knows they could be like new signings they could come in and you know when you've got a player there who's saying Everton, Everton are struggling but Gaffer, I'm your man. I want to come back in. I'm not confident that I can turn things around for you. I want to play for the football club. I want to train hard like Balassi did. Give the kid a chance. What have you got to lose? Mm. What have you got to lose? He plays for the club anyway. We're not. He's not. You know. We don't have to find money to buy him. We're paying his wages anyway. I think the. I think they all deserve chances. Even more so if you get back in the Champions League. Yeah. The players I'd be looking to get rid of, and you, probably going to have a completely different opinion on me. Keep Balassi. I'd be getting rid of Dow. I don't think he's got a future at the club. I yeah. know he's not on a lot of money, but he'd, he'd be one for me that'd be going. Um, Tom Davis would go for me. Um, well, you know, do you agree? With I know they're all out on loan. Is it garbage? These type of Mar- players Mar- you can get rid like of Morales, mm. but not. not they, they haven't had a fair crack of the whip for me. They were there when. You know, there was too many players vying for the same position. The balance of the squad was awful. You had a manager there who wasn't interested. I just don't think they've had a fair crack I of the I think, way. like, if we get into Europe, bringing the likes of Balassi and Onyekuru and people like that back. It, I know Even I've just Sandro said, for yeah, me. Take Give Europe seriously. But, you know, playing Yannick Balassi in the European game, it's not like we're playing like a school kid, you know what I mean? Like, if he, if he comes in in the European games, like, plays really well, then maybe he could, you know, hmm. win his chance back in the Premiership. And, like, we're going to need a squad. And, and like Graham said, we're paying the wages anyway. It's not like we've got to go out and pay loads of money for them. So I would I would keep bring Balassi back. I'd bring Vasic back. I'd, if we, if he can get a work payment, I'd bring on Yakuru back. What if, what if we could get rid then for decent valuation? And then, you, you know, you could bring someone else in, young and I think, fresh. yeah, if we get good offers for them and, and Silva doesn't want them, then, but yeah, by all means, get rid of them. But I can't see people, like, from the way they've played for us in the past, wanting to pay. Yannick Balassi, you're 120 Gandhi or whatever he's on, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, like, you know, it, like, that's harsh, that, the way he's played for us, isn't that, he, where am I, Yannick no, Balassi, he, he wasn't awful, but he never really set the world, like, I know no, he got he, that really bad injury, yeah, but, and, like, I mean, you know, look, look at Umani Ass, when he gets a chance, he, he, he works, his socks off, doesn't he? Do you know what I mean? He's got, I'm not saying keep him arm in the ass, but you know, like they, they want to work hard and they want to play for the club, so why not give them a chance? Well, I've featured my thoughts on Yannick Palassi and a couple of others on this podcast, and he's one that I wouldn't keep at all. I think he's terrible. <laughs> but anyway, well, go ahead. That, that it's it's your it's your floor. What, what's your opinion on what Gary and Graham have just both said there? Vlasic and Onyekuru, yeah, I think Vlasic didn't. Get, I think Vlasic was the he was a victim of of what happened last year. And Silver Tet was like, yeah, and you, you to know be what? honest, we've got no backup whatsoever for Sigurdsson. He, 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 I think that's the reason why his form dropped off halfway through the season because he had no one pushing him for his place. Mm. And Velasic can do that. Yeah, Dal, I'd be inclined to agree, if I'm being honest. He, 
if he was that good, he he wouldn't have gone out on loan. He's um, not young now, is he? Like he's not like he's you know, nineteen. They're not, yeah, they're not twenty-two. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Um, yeah, it's like Matthew Pennington. Balassi. Yeah, like, I've seen far too much of Yannick Balassi, where I just think you're not good enough, mate. You're not good enough. <laughs> Listen, we've got all right. We've got we've got Kevin Morales, an inconsistent winger who isn't good enough. We've got Theo Walcott, who's the same. Let's face it, he can't beat a man. He can't cross a ball. He he has that one golden chance every game, and he side footed into the path of the keeper, path of the keeper. Balassi is a headless chicken. <laughs> he is. He's, he's garbage. He's utter garbage. I've seen... He, Villa didn't want him. That's how bad it he, was. He cancelled his loan. Villa he didn't cancel his own loan. He yeah. was barely getting in he the team there. So, you know, uh, what? he's not... Uh, nah, he's just not good enough. Tom Davis, I disagree with as well. I think Tom Davis, it's found the right position for him. I think... I think Tom Davis needs to find the right position. I don't think he really knows, like... What what sort of midfielder is he at the minute? He's definitely you know I mean? he's not a whole midfielder. I remember is he? a while ago yeah, you asked me play. whether he could take the sort of the same career path as Leon Osman. I think Osman sort of knew what his strengths was. Do you know what I mean? And, mm. and he played him. I don't think Tom Davies does. I think he's just got a bags of energy at the minute, and I don't think he really knows what to do with it. And then you've got Sandro. Nah. But see, what did he? How many? How many games has Sandro played for Everton Football yeah, Club? I don't think he's scored on any of his loan spells at the teams he's with. He's played like you know thirty-eight I mean? he's, games. He's, he's, he's been getting opportunities. and He's not doing it. So I, I'll agree that Sandro didn't get that much of a chance. It's just because he's garbage. No, no. Well, <laughs> obviously that's that's the other case in point, isn't it? Like, I, I don't know. I, I I still don't think he was given much of a chance. I'm not saying I would have him back though. He, I mean, it for was his Sp- Spanish international, Spanish under twenty-one international, play for Barcelona. To be Someone honest, I saw something in him to give him 120 well, grand a week contract. We were all Steve buzzing. Steve he's Walsh. got potential. He's got. But it, Steve Walsh signed gay. Steve Walsh has made good signings as well. You, you, you're judging someone on like a handful of games under a manager who didn't care in a team that was so unbalanced. That that team was getting relegated, mate, until Sam Allardyce came in. It was dire, absolutely dire, and. I just think it's so harsh to judge those players on those handful of games when it was all going wrong, when there was it was it was a shambles, and you know you're like just writing them off. But don't forget though, don't forget though, you're forgetting Sandro, Balassi, and Vlasic to a point. I mean, I do agree we should bring Vlasic back. They all had a good preseason under Marco Silva. They all featured in his in his in his but in his in his preseason though, friendlies. But they should be showing enough there. To no, because I, I think I think Silver had already made his mind up that he didn't want them. I do, and I think that's harsh. If he didn't want them, he wouldn't have played them in the friendlies. Sometimes you've got to, haven't you? Sometimes you've got to fill the gaps, and you know, no, no one's going to want them on loan, are they? If if they're not fit enough to play, you know what I mean. I think you can't read into someone on a pre-season for me, and I just think it's harsh. I think Yannick Balassi is. He's not Cristiano Ronaldo. Please don't think I'm saying <laughs> that he's absolutely outstandingly brilliant and he's going to win us the Champions the League. All right, Danny. But he's an established Premier League player who's got a trick, who can score a goal from outside the area. Surely we could find a use for yeah, him. Yeah, but I mean, if, 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 if we get rid of Balassi... Toilet cleaner, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> we get rid of Walcott. That leaves us just with Charleston and Bernard. You can, you can play on the wing. you got Luckman. Yeah, but is he going to stay? I'd rather keep Adam or Luchman than I would no, Yannick Balassi. And I, I don't would, think I, I, pers- and I personally don't think Yannick Luchman's got a future at the all club. All I'm saying is ah, if Luchman, we get rid of Walcott definitely. and, and Luchman. You, you, you'd sell Davis and keep Luchman. Adam, you know, no, 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 I didn't say it. Other way around, sorry. I didn't, I didn't say that. I said I don't think he's got a future at the club. In but the Tom Davis I does. I don't think Marco Silva likes right. Adam or Luchman. Right, I'll let you off then. You don't mean on his personal... Like attributes, do yeah? Sorry, you don't mean on his attributes. You just no, mean, no, yeah. I just right, maybe yeah, his that's, all, that's all. That's all. I mean, Adam Ola Luchman was like, we fought tooth and nail to keep this like right, and there's something obviously not right all, where he's not where he's not. All getting. the players at the club, twenty three and under, if you like, all the all the lads with potential in inverted commas, he's the best of them all for me, Luchman. But I don't know what his attitude is like. Yeah, I think there's something fundamentally wrong going between him and the manager. Mm. Where I think, and it's obviously down to his attitude, but. It, I'm not saying I would keep him, but I don't think he's got a future at the club based on what I've seen this season. He, there was a time meet when Theo Walker, Theo Walker can't make a pass. He can't, he can't pass. He can't do anything, right? <laughs> and Adam Ola, Adam Ola Luckman was still sitting on the bench and we're all saying, wow, why is he not getting a game? Why is he not getting a game? There must be a reason for that. 
40,000 people I think you'd be an look- ass again on 40,000 40, people are looking at Theo Walcott make the same mistakes week in week out he gave Walcott a, a one. 1 in his player ratings I think, he, I think he's garbage there's a reason Arsenal sold him yeah but Arsenal are not a bad side are they like Arsenal have got 300,000 pound a week football players so that's Alex why Alex Iwobi was getting in a team ahead of him do you know what but I mean and it, 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 he's not a shockingly bad player is he is he? mate Iwobi no it's I'm Walcott his, his pace is frightening it's an attribute that any side would want I think we'll end it's, up keeping all of them because we, we can't just, staying for me we can't just get them and, and leave ourselves like we've just said we might need to sign a centre half we can't go out and sign two wingers as well mm. I know Calvert-Lewin's doing well but you know we're probably going to sign a striker how much money are you looking at there do you know what I mean mm. it's going to be very difficult to get rid of these players who are on long term deals who are on thousands and thousands of pounds a week you know if a team comes in for them then they're not going to want to pay their weekly wage so we're going to have to subsidise that aren't we Mm. That's surely how it's going to be. They're not going to. Sandro's not going to want to take a pay cut to go back to to Spain no. when he knows full well that he can sit it out. He'll well, he'll sit at Everton and then just before the season starts, go he'll go out on loan, still getting the exact same money. Yeah. Obviously, like Graham said, this is the result of a a shambles eight, eighteen months under you know both Cumin and, and Walsh. You know we don't know fully who's to blame, but you know you've got to look at both. But, really, yeah, I think. You know, get them back and give them a chance. No, not in pre-season. Give them, give them a chance. If mm. we get into Europe, see how they go. Because you know, they're not, they're not. Well, Rob will disagree. But they're not all completely useless. Like yeah, I know I've just said about maybe getting rid of them, <laughs> couple of them, but yeah, get them back and see how they go. Well, it feels like we're just warming up to be honest, but we will leave it there. Um, before we go. Um, we're not going to preview the Fulham game which we play on Saturday but I will just ask you for a, a quick prediction so I'll go around the table um, obviously I know it's early in the week but Rob um, we play Fulham Saturday are we predicting a win? 2-0 two 2-0 nil. Two nil. yeah 2 or 3-0 I think it'll be comfortable yeah Graham <laughs> um, just because Fulham are so shockingly bad I do think we'll beat them yeah I was getting the bleep ready probably be 1-1 one, one and it'll all come crashing down around our I still think, I think and we'll, we'll beat United 2-0 at home yeah well exactly yeah no pressure on us to beat United <laughs> We're not lo- I don't think we'll lose okay I think we'll finish 7th and Wolves are uh, Watford are going to win the FA Cup so we won't get the Europa League anyway right to those listening out there I appreciate it Rob Gary Graham thanks for coming on and we will have you back on the show again soon enough I'm sure you've been listening to the view from the Gladys Street podcast from the Liverpool Echo